Father, thank you for a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I am sharing on the components of the beautiful job. The components of the beautiful job. The first thing I shared on was why are you alive? And the second thing that I shared on was your preparation towards the beautiful job. The third thing I'm sharing on is the component of the beautiful job. Write the components down. P V C I. P V C I. The component of the beautiful job. P V C I. Hallelujah. So the component components of the beautiful job is P V C I. Amen. Where's Presla? Oh, okay. All right. P stands for prayer. V stands for visitation. C stands for counseling. And I stands for interaction. P stands for prayer. V stands for, I think it's, we are blessed to be a very quiet, is that not it? Yeah. It's a blessing for her. P for prayer, V for visitation, C for counseling, and I for interaction. Amen. Edna, are you enjoying the camp? Right. Okay. Now, prayer. A shepherd must pray. Amen. A shepherd must pray. Why? Number one, let me give you reasons why every shepherd must pray. I want to give you ten reasons. Number one, a shepherd must pray because Jesus, the great shepherd, prayed. A shepherd must pray because Jesus, the great shepherd, prayed. Mark one thirty-five, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went to a solitary place and there he prayed. Amen. Uh, Luke 6.12. Luke 6.12. Luke 6.12. Can you be fast, please, whoever is doing it? All right. Can you be fast, whoever is doing it, please? And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Enoch, are you enjoying the camp? Ben, you enjoying the camp? Very good. Okay. And when he had sent the multitude, 
came out and went as he was wound to the mountain, to the Mount of Olives. Alright? Now, one day we'll go to the Mount of Olives. Hallelujah. Alright. I believe that uh, AA will have our trip to Israel. Hallelujah. Is is there a blessing? Yes. Okay. So when you go to Israel, now they have the Temple Mount where the uh, Alaska, um, the Temple Mount was uh, where Solomon's Temple was. All right. And after it was destroyed, later when the Muslims took over Jerusalem. They have built one of their biggest mosques called Alaska Mosque. Alright. But you see part of the uh, what we call the Western Wall. Okay. Of the temple there. That is the place that there's so much confusion. Alright. So from there, when you come out through the gates, you go down a valley, the Gidron, all right, and then you come into a garden full of, uh, I think it's fig trees, and that is the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, and then when you climb, all right, you come to a hill, and that is the Mount of uh, Olives. Do you understand it? So when you stand there, um, last time where they go there around about 6 p.m., when you stand there, you take a look at Jerusalem, it's very, very beautiful. Very, very uh, beautiful. Very, very beautiful. That is where Jesus ascended. And that is where he will come back uh, again. And by that time, the nations of the world will have surrounded Jerusalem to attack it. All right? And Jesus will descend on Mount Olives. And when he descends on Mount Olives, the mount would cave in. It will cave in and divide into two. One uh, will push this way. One will push this way. And a valley will be created called the Valley of Jehoshaphat. And Israel will run. The Jewish people will run into it. You know, and then Christ and the armies of heaven will fight the, the armies on earth in the battle of Armageddon. All right. And defeat them. Do you get it? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. A shepherd must know the word, though. Yeah. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, we have to go there. So, Jesus and he came out and went as he was wound to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. Verse 40. Verse 40. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Continue. Is it because you are far? Eh? He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. But what I want you to see is verse 39. Why is this slow? You are very fast when we are there. Verse 39. Watch it. Jesus went out as usual 
to the Mount of Olives. Isn't it? So, Jesus had a habit of going to pray. So, the first reason why a shepherd must pray is because Jesus prayed. And I've given you so many scriptures. Is that also? Huh? Number two, pray. A shepherd must pray because prayer is a great act of faith. Pray because prayer is a great act of faith. Amen. And the whole of the ministry is an act of faith. I get what I'm saying. When you decide to pray, you are saying that prayer will have a greater effect than all those physical things you have to do. In other words, you are saying that God's direct intervention is the most important thing for your ministry. That is faith in the arm of God. So when you pray, it's because prayer doesn't make sense. Doesn't it? You have locked yourself in the room. Lord, I pray for my Basenta members. I pray for Juliana, Lord. Establish, I pray for Anthony. Lord, establish a Lord. I pray, O oh God, for Michael. Father, O oh God, his backslidden, restore him in the name of Jesus. I pray that my Basenta will grow. Lord, we are going for outreach, touch the house of the people. I mean, what are you doing? If somebody sees you, you may think that you need to go to psychiatric hospital. But, but we have to pray because what you are doing is that you are exercising faith in God. You are telling God that you have done evangelism, you have done visitations, you have done outreaches, you have prayed for the sick. But as for the people coming to the church, changing, as for the church growing, your center doing well, you have trust in him, God, to do it. Not you. How many of you understand that? So prayer is a great uh, uh, act of faith. Amen. And Jesus said in Luke 18, okay, the verse 8, he said, nevertheless, when the son of man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. Hallelujah. I tell you that he will avenge him speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man cometh, Shall he find faith on earth? Amen. Amen. So prayer is one of the greatest expressions of faith. Hallelujah. Eh? Yeah. Mm? Amen. Number three. Pray because prayer makes you into a man of authority. Pray. Because prayer eh, makes you into a man of authority. Lift up your right hand and say, I want to be a man of authority. Amen. So Matthew chapter 7, 28 and 29. Matthew chapter 7, 28 and 29. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Amen. For he taught them as one having authority and not 
as the scribes. Hallelujah. And as one having heard authority. I get what I'm saying. You notice that Jesus was a man of authority. Authority can be explained as not easily defined. Invisible. Magnetic aura. That surrounds a man of God. You see that 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 aura, that something, power that surrounds a man of God, that is authority. So when you when you see a demon possessed person and you say, I say to you in the name of Jesus, go. Do you understand it? It is because we are man of our authority. Amen. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm? You need a lot of authority eh, in the ministry. Authority comes from your closeness to God. Authority comes from your closeness to God. The closer you are to a person, the more confidently you speak about him. You have more authority when you speak of him. Amen. What does it mean? All right, come, my brother. Uh, yeah, come, you. Yes. How long have you been in church? Come. About three months. Stand here. Hold it. How long? About three months. Do you know me? What's my name? Okay, who am I? I'm a great man. Okay, so, so, so speak everything you know about me to the church. Yes. Okay, now say something. Say something about my 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 family, my children. Mention the name of my children. Amen. My wife. My hometown. Do you know my hometown? Uh, the school that I attended. Do, do you know my best food? My best food. You don't know. Do you get it? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Very good. Now, <laughs> Rabin Sami, come. Okay, Rabin Sami, start. From my family, my children stand here. My children, my hometown. 
Bouchon, bouchon. You see, it's mentioned names. If I give the mic to Reverend Sami, you speak about me the whole day. But this one, but this one, is finished. Why? Why? The, the closeness. So, if a journalist is interviewing the two of them, what you say and what he will say, there will be more authority in what he says. Do you understand it? Your closeness to God through prayer makes you have authority. Yeah. So sometimes when I'm with people, sometimes when I'm, I'm, I'm with people, I tell them, the Lord just spoke to me. Recently, I was traveling for a meeting at Hawaii. I had some people in the car. We're traveling. Did you see? We got to a certain town. Even where one of our missionaries were, were talking. Then suddenly, the Lord started speaking to me. Then I told them, the Lord has just spoken to me. Maybe they were even wondering, hey, how? What does it mean? So, prayer eh, makes you into a man of authority because you are close to God. He speaks to you. You know him. You sense him. I get what I'm saying. Yeah, you sense his presence. You, 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 you become anointed. Amen. How many of you want to be shepherds of authority? You are going to be a man of authority. Thank you. Amen. All right. The closer you are to a person, the more confidently you speak about about him. You have more authority when you speak of him. Hallelujah. The closer you are, the more authority you have. The more you pray, the closer you are to God. If you are close to God, it means you have more authority with God and with man. Amen. What do you think? Hmm? As you pray, listen, people will not be able to explain that invisible magnetic aura that surrounds you. You will have a following without even understanding why people follow you. You have a crowd without being able to explain why. Your teaching will be more powerful. Your instructions will be obeyed. All these are the results of ministerial prayer that makes you into a man of authority. Hallelujah. Eh? Yes. How Jesus became a man of authority. Jesus was not introduced to this world by anyone. He was not appointed as a teacher by anyone. In fact, his background was questioned and many had reservations about his parentage. But Jesus knew the secret of having authority with man. He went into the wilderness and waited on God Luke 4.14 Luke 
And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region ran about. The word power is translated from the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis means miraculous power, ability, abundance, strength, violence, mighty, wonderful work and enabling power. Jesus had become a man of authority. He had new strength, abundance, and power. This new invisible magnetic aura around Jesus was derived from prayer. Amen. The response to his first sermon in Nazareth was amazing. The Bible said, and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious ways which proceeded out of his mouth. So brothers and sisters, alright, the reason why you should pray, number one, is because Jesus, the great shepherd, prayed. And number two, you must pray because what? Prayer is a great act of faith. And number three, you must pray because prayer makes you into a man of authority. I see you becoming a man of authority. Listen. When you meet a demon-possessed person, okay, you must be a man of authority. I've commanded demons to go several times when they say, I won't go. I will never forget a little girl many years ago. Quiet girl. In the service, she manifested. Alright? And I said, go. And I said, no, 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 no. I can't go. She's mine. She's mine. Yeah. You see, the demons, they are very intelligent. Demons are unseen beings. But, but they are persons. They are persons. They have intelligence. They can speak. They can think. They can decide. They can, you know, they can, they can talk. They know the reason. When they saw Jesus, they said, we know our time will come. This is not our time. Why have you come to destroy us before our time? Yeah. Jesus spoke about a demon. He said, when the demon goes, it doesn't, goes out of a person, doesn't have any place to stay. He said, let me go back to where I used to be. So they can reason. So when the a demon, you command the demon, the demon sizes you up to find out whether you are a man of authority and how high is your authority. So I remember I told the demon, I am not negotiating with you to, leave, to go. It's not a, a discussion. I say, I command you in the name of Jesus, now go. That was it. That was it. Amen? I got what I'm saying. Yes. Hallelujah. Hmm? Number four. Pray because prayer makes you a man of anointing. Pray because prayer makes you a man of anointing. A Holy Ghost man. How many of you want to be a Holy Ghost man? How many of you want to be a Holy Ghost man? Let up your hand and say, Lord, please anoint me. Lord, Amen. When you are close to someone, something rubs off on you. Whenever you spend time in prayer, you are spending time talking to God. The more you talk to someone, the closer you become to the person. The closer you are to someone, the more things rub off on you. Amen? Do you want 
some of God's glory to be on you, do you want the anointing to be on your life? Hmm? Alright? Then the way is to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The way is to pray. Eh? Now I'll show you how the mountain comes. You understand it? Yeah. When you spend a lot of time with somebody, when you are going, the scent of the person or the perfume of the person rubs on you. Yeah. That is what many unfaithful husbands don't know. That they go and be with another woman. Do you say when they get there, the woman smells another scent, which is not on you. And even women fragrances are different. Oh, is that, is that not it? Eh? Yeah. When I say the fragrances, do you understand? Is the 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 perfumes that they use. And so when you go home, and then also her lipstick has stuck on her. But when we do, then one one went here, went here, but you didn't see, because we are very happy. Yeah. So when you move your shirt, it's ah. Only he went to work. As he went to be with a certain woman. In the same way, when you go before the Lord, the glory of God rubs on you. So when you are going. Some of the glory rubs on you. May you experience the glory of God. Hallelujah. Are you understanding it? Eh? Are you understanding it? That is why you must pray so you become anointed. Listen. Without anointing, you can't do the ministry. The anointing is the power of the Holy Spirit on you. And without it, you can't be an effective percenter shepherd. You cannot be a good pastor. No. A cell leader, no. You need anointing. Amen. Amen. Number four. Number five. Pray because prayer binds demonic activities in your ministry. Huh? Pray because prayer binds demonic activities in your ministry. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now listen, in the ministry, okay, the, listen to this. The ministry, I'll, I'll just summarize it to you. I'll, when I say ministry, it is the work of God. Now, I'll summarize it to you. Listen. God has his kingdom. Satan has his kingdom. Do you get it? Satan's kingdom is full of the children of God. Who are sinners. And God's kingdom is made up of the people that his son Jesus Christ has come to die 
for of his blood washed them. They've accepted him. And so they have been forgiven and they are there. So God's, what God is doing through you and I is to move the people who are in Satan's kingdom into his kingdom. And we do that through preaching to them, teaching, witnessing, and all that. Now Satan doesn't want to lose them. So he's also holding them in bondage. So when we are trying to go for them, he fights us. He fights us. Now, he has his people that he uses. God has his angels. So Satan also has his demons. And through Satan and his demons, they fight against the church. How many of you can understand that? Have I simplified it for you? (laughs) So through prayer, when you pray, we are able to overcome these forces and allow the work of God to progress. Amen. Eh? Dear shepherd, a church is not a secular organization. You need to bind the devil for several important reasons. You must bind his activity that causes divisions and disloyalty among leaders. He's causing division all the time. Yeah. Divisions and disloyalty. You must bind his influence that causes backsliding, immorality, and sin in your members. So when you see that your members are sinning, when your people are just, you know, they are not coming to church, they are backsliding. They are backsliding and all that. Don't, don't, don't even be angry at them because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are not dealing with flesh and blood. We are dealing with intelligent beings that, that see us but we cannot see them. How do you understand that? Hmm? Yeah. You must bind the demons that cause poverty depression and oppression in your members. You must bind the spirits that raise accusations and slander against the church. Whether you like it or not, Satan assigns demons to attack and destroy the church. Amen? If you do not bind the devil, he will bind you in your own church. You will be unable to minister. No one will receive from you and you wonder what is going on. The devil will scatter your congregation time and time again. There will be a complex network of stories, accusations, slander, and discussions that constantly divide the church. Rise up today and bind Satan and demons in your church. Do you understand it? So we have to bind them. So through prayer, we bind them. And you know, let me tell you something. Where we are, the land that God has sent us to, is is full of demons. It's full of demons. How many of you agree? Yeah. Even recently, one of my pastors, I was doing uh, visitations with him. All right. And uh, he said, Why, "Where's Pastor Emmanuel?" Yeah, what? Ah, okay. All right. Why, why are you there? Oh, there's a city here. 
And, uh, uh, oh, here. Yeah. This is it. You see, and he said that the people in the area told him, the pastor, that the area is hard. Yeah? There are demons, there are witches, there are occultists, and all that. Look at it. And we need to bind them so that you see, if we don't bind them, like I'm saying, they are holding the people. Look at the scripture, uh, something Jesus said in Matthew 12, Matthew 12, 39. Matthew 12, 39. Look at it. Okay. Or 29. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house? And spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. NIV. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions until he first ties up the strong man? Then he can rob his house. So if we want to go and spoil Satan, that is, release the people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. We have to first bind the Satan and the demons. That's what armor robbers do when they come to your house. Yeah. Very simple. They catch the man. Man, it's not easy for us. They catch you and they go and lock you somewhere. Because it's the man who can do some kidigdi or something. They just go and put it. And they come to the woman. Say, Madam, where is where is it? A woman should show the things right now. <laughs> women, they don't like trouble. Men, men I'm robbers. Just be quiet. No, yes, you know. Same thing. Do you get it? So, how many of you have understood that? We need to bind the witches, bind the wizards. But, you know, when we started the A Cathedral, when I, when I stood to preach, it took like about maybe 30 to 40 minutes before I broke through. There was a heavy cloud of resistance. Yeah. You see, when you start a church, okay, powers come also to test you. Yeah, they come to see, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, so they come and they see that whether their power is greater or what. And if their power is good, they will finish your church. Finish your church. Yeah. 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 I, I, I am sure that a lot of people have come to us and run away because of the power that is there. They just run away. Is what happens is that they realize if they are dead, they will die or something bad will happen to them. They have to run away. Amen. How many of you understand why you must pray. So pastors, in the areas where you are, you have to constantly, that's why we do overcoming satanic agenda prayer. prayer. Like we shouldn't joke with that thing at all. Yes. Bind the demons, bind witches in, in your own life, at your home, bind every demonic agenda against you. Yeah. I, so if you don't pray, Eh? Like Bishop is saying in the book, if you don't pray, Satan will bind you in your own church. You can't do anything. 
and destroy your church. Look, demons, they scatter churches. They scatter churches. They can release, for example, they can release a spirit, a spirit of fornication, lust, adultery, where everybody is sleeping with everybody in the church. Okay, then that's it. It's finished. Amen? I hear you going home. Alright, number six. Pray because prayer creates and gives birth to new dimensions in ministry. Pray because prayer creates and gives birth to new dimensions in ministry. Pray because prayer creates and gives birth to new dimensions in ministry. Yeah. If you want to do new things, create new bacentes, you have to pray. Yes. If you want to take new territories, you have to pray. Do you understand? Enlarge my coast. Jabez prayed that prayer. He said, enlarge my coast. If we want the church to grow, you have to pray and say, Lord, increase the attendance. Bring in more people. Look at Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. Pick it from verse 6. Hallelujah. A voice of noise from a city, the voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendered recompense to his enemies. Behold, she travailed, she brought forth before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who had heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. It is only when you travail. Travail means to, to, to really go through pain and struggle that you bring forth. The best way is when the ladies are delivering. It's not a simple thing. The pain. Amen? Recently, you know, there was a lady. She, 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 she went into labor and she didn't re- recognize that the baby was coming. On the way to the hospital, she delivered in the car. Yeah. Yeah. If you want pastors, you want to create more bacentes? You have to travel. You have to travel in prayer. You have to fight in prayer. For as soon as Zion traveled, then she brought forth. You see, the Bible says that who had heard such a thing, who has seen certain, shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? No. You can't just produce. You have to travel. I get what I'm saying. Okay? And when you do that, you are able to create things. The A cathedral is as a result is a creation out of prayer. It didn't exist before. Yeah? Yes. A very important revelation about prayer is the fact that prayer has a creative potential. If you are starting out in ministry, you need to pray until something that doesn't exist comes into existence. Creating something is different from maintaining something. 
Many people can maintain what has been created, but it takes a man of prayer to create new things. Hallelujah. If you are sent out to do a pioneering work, be a man of prayer. A man of prayer is a man who creates new spiritual dimensions. The apostle Paul was a man of prayer. He said, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19, My little children, of whom I travail in bed again until Christ be formed in you. Hallelujah. 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 I have been involved in establishing new churches, fellowships, and ministries for many years. From my experience, I can give you a little suggestion. The first suggestion is pray. The second suggestion is to pray. And the third suggestion is to pray. And now, the AA Cathedral is a new church. We just started. You understand it? So we need to pray, travail, cry in prayers. In the communities, in the zones, there must be prayer. In the bus centers, there must be prayer. In the choir, there must be prayer. With the ashes, there must be prayer. Everywhere, prayer. A lot of prayer. Pastors are praying. Members are praying. Church members are praying. Potential shepherds are praying. Pastors are praying. Shepherds are praying. A lot of prayer to create new things. How many of you want to see new things in your life? Prayer. Use the power of prayer. Use the power of prayer. You want a husband? Pray for. You want a wife? Pray for. After you have married, you want children? Pray to create it. You want to start a business, pray and create a business. Yes. Prayer has a creative potential. Wow. How many of you are understanding why it is important to pray? Huh? Number seven. Pray. Because prayer is the first apostolic commandment to every minister. Pray. Because prayer is the first apostolic command to every minister. Pray because prayer is the first apostolic command to every minister. Amen. The Apostle Paul had a lot of good advice and teaching for his son Timothy. He was taught about every conceivable subject in the ministry. Paul taught him about Bible study, about training of pastors, and even about how to handle rebels. However, a good analysis of Paul's instructions to his son Timothy will reveal that the first command was to pray. Look at it. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, I see that, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. 
For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. But watch, he said, I exhort therefore that first of all, first of all, the first commandment of Apostle Paul, okay, to ministers, the first of all, pray. First of all, pray. When you wake up as a shepherd, first of all, pray. First of all, pray. Yes. Pray. How do you understand it? Yeah. Look. If you're a pastor here, so my zone is not working, my people don't come, this, this, pray. Rise up, lift up the level of, so if, if your prayer is three hours a day, now lift it up to six hours. Pray. Yes. So, potential shepherds, you are going to pray. Every potential shepherd from the, at the end of this camp, on your own, every day, you are going to pray for at least one hour. At least one hour. How many of you speak in tongues? Let me see your hand. Put your hands up. How many of you don't speak in tongues? You don't speak in tongues. Okay, a few of you. I'm going to pray for you. So we have to do Holy Spirit baptism. And if we get one interval, that, that's a distance. Amen? Pray. Pastor Wanda, prayer! Eish! Yeah? Are you getting that? Mm-hmm. First of all, first of all, prayers, supplications, Prayers, intercessions. These are all different types of praise. Amen? Okay. Number eight. Pray because the apostles refused to give up prayer when they were under pressure from administrative duties. Pray because the apostles refused to give up prayer when they were under pressure from administrative duties duties. Pray because the apostles refused to give up prayer when they were under pressure from administrative duties. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 6 verse 2 to 4. Acts chapter 6 verse 2 to 4. Hallelujah. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you Seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the way. We will give ourselves continually to prayer. Pastor Parker, you understand it? You have to give yourself continually. A man of God is a man of prayer. A shepherd is a person of prayer. Yes. Oh, 
I see pastors. I see pastors. Five years, you have 20 members. You see, you don't pray. You do not pray. You do not pray. All the pastors here. Okay, if you pray, you pray, you are anointed in a certain sense. Three months, you can have a church. 100 people are sitting down. We've just been around for four months. There are more than 1,000 people. Yes. Prayer. They said, no, no. Give me the NIV. Give me the NIV. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it will not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, when he says we will give our attention to prayer, what is in that? We won't give our attention to this. We will give our attention to this. How many of you understand that? We will not give our attention to this. We will give our attention to prayer. A man of God must give attention to the word, the study of the word and to prayer. Yes. How come that you don't have visions? How come that God doesn't speak to you? How come that God has not said to you in your zone this, 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 this? Hmm? Recently, I was in the presence of the Lord. You know, my quiet time, I woke up, I was praying and studying. And the Lord said, let all your people focus on one zone to have outreach programs. There'll be more strength, there'll be more understanding. That's it. This was Tuesday. Eh? Yeah. I was even going to travel. I came to the cathedral and told the pastors, we got it. We did it for two weeks. Within two weeks, we have so many souls. And we have decided we'll do it at least one week every month. So all the pastors and the shepherds go to one particular zone. All right. By the time they are leaving, 50 souls, 40 souls. Yeah. But it came from the Holy Spirit. It came from the Holy Spirit. When you stay in his presence, he will speak to you. How, how come that you have not ever said God spoke to you? You have not had a vision. You are a man of God. You don't have a dream about what you are doing. Now think about it. So, so how, how are you, how are you, you know, a couple of months ago, probably about two months ago or so, there was something that we were doing in the church. Okay. Hey, the Lord told me, why, why are you letting this thing happen? Why are you letting this thing happen? Do you think that it brings honor to me? When, when you do, you know, you allow people to do this in the church. Because I've allowed some people to do something. He said, remove them. When I came to church, I said, that is it. That is it. I got them removed. Little Mr. Salasi was telling me later on, this weeks later, we were just chatting. He said, that day that I came to church and I did that, she was traveling home to church when she had an uneasy feeling about that particular thing. 
So she was so surprised when I made that decision. It's because how the Lord was speaking to me. Because in the mouth of two or more witnesses shall every matter be established. So pastors, you should be worried. He said that when you get up, you just go. Nothing. You are blind. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. You have to pray and ask God to give you revelation, wisdom. Open your eyes. I ask God, I say, give me dreams. Give me visions. Open my eyes. Let me know what to do. Yes. Are you getting that? So they refuse eh, to go away from prayer. And you must also refuse to go away from prayer. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Amen. Eh? Hallelujah. Number nine. Pray. Because prayer was the greater part of Christ's ministry. Pray. Because prayer was the greater part of Christ's ministry. One unit of preaching was equal to 571.4 units of prayer. One unit of preaching eh, is equal, no, not equal to the ratio. The ratio is one unit of preaching to 571.4 units of prayer. Think about it. Jesus preached and taught for three and a half years. Okay? Since then, since then, he has been interceding for us. So, he preached for three and a half years. But for more than 2,000 years, he ever lived, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, he ever lived to make intercessions for us. So, he preached for three and a half years, but he has been praying for more than 2,000 years. When you do the ratio, you get one unit of preaching to 571.4 units of prayer. Which means that he prayed more than he preached. Huh? Three and a half years of, of teaching compared to 2,000 years of prayer. This gives us the ratio of one unit of preaching for every 571 units of prayer. That is an amazing ratio. Most ministers have more than 10 units of preaching to one unit of prayer. You know, you just, you just go preach, 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 no prayer. <laughs> there are times that I tell Eddie Pastor Salah, I say, I'm gone. I'm going. I have to be with the Lord. I have to be with the Lord. One time I have not waited on the Lord for a long time. So I decided to go. And that one, I went submarine very deep. Nobody knew where I was. Everybody was looking for me. From bottom to top. Nobody. When I finished, I came. Where? 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 
I went to Subman. And he said, that time, the Lord spoke to me. Do this. Do this. Do, you see, many of you, eh, God has not spoken to you because you don't have time for God. Decide. Let me give you an experiment. This month, okay, decide to take one day pastors, to go somewhere. You'll be surprised that as you are going, God will just speak to you. As we are going. And all that we need is a word from the Lord. It's so important. Pastor Parker, that's what you need. Oh. A word from the Lord for a quickly. One day. One day. A certain pastor. He had a church and the church was not growing. No matter what he did. And the Lord spoke to him. So, I think it was a, a Sunday, he went to the church very early. When he went, he hid, he hid by the door. And there was a lady who used to clean the church and clean the chairs. And as the pastor was hiding there, he saw her. She would clean the chairs and then she would remove her panty and of her bare buttons sit on the chairs. You see, that was, so that was witchcraft. So by using witchcraft, she, she, in other, in other when, when you sit on the chair, you don't come again. A new pastor, you are not praying. You are watching Kukumbwaja. Do you know Kukumbwaja? Amaya. Hey! You are watching Kukumbwaja. You continue. Basenta Shepherd. Your Basenta will, will draw from 10 people, 7 people, Five people, three people, one and collapse. Yeah. Papa Egan went to preach in a church. And uh, the church, you know, was not growing. The pastor's church was not growing. As Papa Egan was, because he was a prophet, as he was preaching, a lot of peace, and then he saw something like a monkey sitting on the roof of the church. So he commanded it down. And when it came down, he commanded to leave the church. And when it left the church, it went outside the door of the church. And then Papa commanded to leave the compound of the church. Leave. Yeah. The, the creature left, went out of the compound, and entered into uh, a nightclub. Yeah. That, 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 that nightclub bent. Just bent. And that church and that church started growing. Yes. Yes. How many of you are understanding why a shepherd must pray? 
Is it important for a shepherd to pray? I am giving you the components of the beautiful job. The first one is P. Prayer. Amen. Huh? Number 10. Pray. Because prayer releases captives. Yes. Amen. Pray because prayer releases captives. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. There are many people under captivity. Eh? If your eyes were open spiritually, you will suddenly see millions of people in spiritual captivity. They are captive to demonic powers that are loose on earth. Amen. I get what I'm saying. Yeah, like the madman of Gadara. He was under captivity to 6,000 legends. And it took the intervention of Jesus to set him free. Now, when we pray, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, look at what happens. Eh? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. Let me tell you about your personal life. Some of the things that you are going through. When you work, you don't see your money. One, two, three, you are sick. Your business doesn't work. You know, this is called demonic power. You must rise up. You must rise up and destroy the power of demons in your life. Yes. Your children are getting sick all the time. Rise up in your house and say, in the name of Jesus, I drive out every demon in my house. I plead the blood. I bind you. I destroy you in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yes. In your own life, in your marriage, your nice um, husband comes into contact with a woman who has gone for juju or something. She serves him with Coca-Cola in the office. That's all. Your husband doesn't want to see your face again. You must rise up. I see you rising up. I see you rising up. Students, when you learn and you see the exam paper, you don't remember anything. Demons have confused your head. Your brain. How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? Yeah? But watch. Prayer sets people free. May, listen to me. Many of the people who are not serving God, they don't go to church, they don't go, they're under demonic captivity to immorality, uh, pornography, you know, homosexuality, drunkenness, drug addiction, sakawa, juju. All these are demonic captivity. 
When I say captivity, they have been arrested. They can't free themselves. They can't free themselves. So you see, some of the people, you say, as for this boy, he's a very bad boy. When you invite him to come to church, he doesn't come. No, no, he doesn't want to come home. The person has a master. They are owned by Satan and his demons who tell them, go and drink. Go and drink. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have seen people that, look, if you give the person 50 pesos, you go and drink. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. But we stand in the name of Jesus. We speak to the principality of of Papa say, let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak to the principality of Ofako. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Odupon. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Aquile. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Adum Estes. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Samantia. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Nessus Cortez. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Dentia and Domiabra. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Amanfro. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Ashtown. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. We speak the principality of Opekuma. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. Let the people go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let the people go. Yes. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Are not carnal means that they are not physical weapons. Listen to me. I feel I must speak to some of you that the battles you are fighting in your life Okay, some of you have been blaming people. Your friend, your mother, your it is not them at all. Demons, it's demonic powers. You must rise up. Yeah. And bind them and destroy them. Yeah. 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 I remember one time when I was at the Kolgono Cathedral, in one of my services, a lot of the ladies were getting pregnant. Do you remember? Yeah. A spirit of fornication entered the church. They were just getting pregnant. Yeah. So I rose up, started to fight two ways by prayer and by teaching. Remember, I told you that teaching is the. It's what? Teaching is what? The sword of what? The spirit. Yeah. Look, doing those teachings, eh, and I talk about how many. It's not one month. It's about long distance. I preached for I, more than maybe two months that even somebody said that, somebody made a comment that, who are the people who are fornicating that are making bishop just keep on preaching on this? Yeah. 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 And when I was doing those series, at the end of the thing, you see the manifestation. You see the manifestation. Some of those girls today are shepherds, proper people. They are serving the Lord. They were under captivity. Under captivity. So watch. 
For, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Now listen, pastors, in your zones, you don't have to allow the powers to operate. What you have is mightier. We have mighty power. Mighty power. I think there's mighty beaters. Mighty power beaters. Hallelujah. Mighty power. But our, this is mighty true God. What does he do? Watch. To the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, you can pull down strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is how powerful we are. But you see, many of you don't use it. You must use this power. You must bind. You must cry on the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hmm? This is another reason why we must pray. And when we do that, the people will be set free. The young men and the young people and the drunkards and the and the uh, uh, prostitutes and the murderers and the occultists. You, 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 they'll, they'll start serving the Lord. You'll be very surprised. They'll just start serving the Lord. You'll be very surprised. Amen? Alright. And finally, pray. Because prayer availeth much. Pray. Because prayer availeth much. Pray, because prayer availeth much. James chapter 5 and verse 16. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another. That ye may be healed. The the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The next reason why you must pray is that prayer availeth much or prayer avails much. The Bible teaches that prayer has great effects. Almost every Christian knows this famous scripture on the power of prayer. The term availeth much is a little blind to us. Here are ten different definitions of this expression. To avail much means to succeed. It means prayer brings success. To avail much means to prevail. To avail much means to overcome. Which means that through prayer you overcome. To avail much means to be able to do something. Which means through prayer you can do something. Is that gifty? Gifty. You can do something. Through prayer. Eh? Avail much means to be helpful. It means to make an impact. It means to strike an impression. It means to be effective. 
it means to accomplish much. Hallelujah. Wow. Hmm? Now, listen to some translations of this verse. Philip's translation. Tremendous power is made available through a good man's endless prayer. Olaf M. Nolle translation. The prayer of a righteous man can bring powerful results. May you see powerful results in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amplified translation. The prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Amen. Williams translation. An upright man's prayer when it keeps at work is very powerful. Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. If you don't pray, you've lost out completely. Yes. Doc. Eh? Yes. Amen. What do you think? I hear you are going home. Eh? Eh? Amen. So P. The first component is pre. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands. Ask the Lord to anoint you to be a, a man of prayer. Lift up your hands and pray. Lift up your hands and pray. Can I have a chair here? One of these. Now, stand to your feet. Lift up your hands. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I clap my hands and pray, and pray, and pray, please anoint me to pray. Lift up your voice and pray. The spirit of prayer, release upon us. The spirit of prayer, release upon me. The spirit of prayer, Father, anoint me to pray. 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 Lift up the voice and pray. Lift up the voice and pray. Lord, anoint me to pray. Lord, anoint me to pray. Release upon me the spirit of prayer. 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 I want to be prayerful. I want to be prayerful. I want to be prayerful. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up the path. I'm Zapale, Itashaba, Apale Leba, Yatonebaya, Rekatambasala, Lekotapayaba, Ayaprole Kapa, Repapa Shaba, Ayantele Lepo Kapalia, Ayapapa, Rezakataba, 
What is the second component of the beautiful job? Visitation. Visitation. Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 1 and 2. Amen.
Now, why must we visit? We must visit because God expects shepherds to visit the sheep. God visited us. Yes. God visited us. And when he visited us, he solved all our problems. He saved us and showed us a better way of living. God came to earth to visit us. What about you, a shepherd? You must also visit your sheep. But look at Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, said the Lord. Verse 2. Therefore, thou said the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my sheep. Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, said the Lord. But watch, I want to show you something. Look at verse 2. It says, For that said the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Okay? So feeding, teaching the word to the sheep is one. But apart from that, God expects you. He said, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Apart from feeding them, teaching them, God wants you to visit them. God wants you to visit them. Now, let me say this concerning visitation. How many of you have been visited before? Lift up your hand. Yeah. Look, one visit will change lives forever. How many of you can say that since we have visited, you have, you, have, you have changed? Something happened to you after that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it is a very bad thing when pastors and shepherds do not visit the sheep. We have to visit the sheep. Every week, visit some of the sheep. I enjoy visitation. I enjoy visitation. To visit the sheep and to encourage them, to pray for them, to strengthen them. And God said, because you have not done that, you have scattered my, my sheep. And he said, I will also deal with you. I will visit upon you the evil of your doings. Forgive. Amen. Eh? Do you understand it? Yeah. Now, let me give you a few rules on visitation. Write them down. Number one, never visit the opposite sex alone. Never. Never. in order to prevent sin. For example, fornication. Okay? But you see, I realize that people don't believe it. And they land into a lot of trouble. One day, one day, a pastor was doing visitations. And then he called one of the, the members, a lady. And the pastor told 
hey, I am doing visitation, so today I'll visit you. The lady said, okay. So the pastor was visiting. Then the lady called and said, pastor, you said you visit me. The pastor will say, oh yeah, I'm doing some other visits. So, I'll come. Are you understand what I'm saying? Eh? Yeah. But to the pastor's surprise, from time to time, the lady will call, ah, but pastor, you say you come and visit me, are you not coming? So anyway, eventually, it was the ten. It was her ten. So the pastor arrived at her house and knocked or pressed a bell or whatever. And the lady appeared. Now when the lady appeared, she said, listen to what she said. She, she screamed Oh, that's what the lady said. When when she opened the door and saw the pastor, she said, "Oh." Now the pastor told me, not not, not that somebody said it. The pastor told myself to my ears. He said that day, that day. Based on how the lady was dressed, there was no way I wouldn't have slept with her. The lady had prepared herself for the pastor to come and sleep with her. But do you know why she said, Oh, because the pastor all along was visiting with two other people. Aha. The pastor was visiting with another lady and a brother. So there were three. So she had been planning. Today when the pastor comes, I'll, I'll do... Hey! She said, I'll hold the labelibian So when she saw that the pastor came with other people, she said, oh. Mm -hmm. Amen. One day, a certain sister was going for all night. I'm giving you but guidelines or rules for visitation. Number one, never visit the opposite sex alone. Why? In order to prevent sin. For example, fornication. One day, 
a sister was going for all night prayer meeting. So on the way, then she remembered that there was a brother. A brother in the area. So she decided to go and invite the brother. So they go for the all night. So she went to the brother's house. And when she was going, she was singing, I will never be the same. What a mighty God. We said, what a mighty God. I love you, Lord. Oh, she was very, you know, she was going for. So she went to the house of the brother to invite the brother. Now, when she realized the all-night prayer meeting, was going on in the... The all-night prayer meeting, the praise and worship was in the brother's bed. You know, it became a one-on-one all-night all-night prayer meeting. May you be delivered from such in the name of Jesus. Salas, you understand it? Yes. So, always, listen, always go with at least one other person. Number two, do not visit late in the night. Do not visit late in the night. Number three, number three, do not stay Okay, in closed doors with the opposite sex during visitation. Is it because the sister says, Oh, please sit here, I'm coming. And then maybe she's going to have her bath. And then when she comes, she's passing. Her towel is loose, so she's trying to to do the towel well. But, but you, you were reading your book or something. But at the same time, you and then you saw mountains, forests, Things are moving. To not be easy for you. Number three. Number four, eh? Number four. Do not be in the habit of visiting to eat and drink or to to quench your thirst or hunger. Do not visit with the aim of quenching your thirst or hunger. It's like every day 
this is a place you visit. Because when you go, they serve you chalof rice. How many of you will remember all this? Yeah? Number what? Number five. Eh? Okay. Use wisdom to visit. For example, you visit when we are going somewhere else. Do you understand it? So combine of, you can combine it of something else. Like recently, I traveled somewhere. Alright. And I needed to visit some people. I traveled. So on the way, I made a, a detour and visited the people for about two hours. Yeah. You need to use a lot of wisdom because sometimes you don't have time. Amen. Let me show you some Bible examples of visits. Number one, God visited Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, if hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. I see that. And God had to sort out some marital issues. So you can solve some marital issues when you visit. Like during the visit that I just, you know, talked about. When I got there, the wife has packed her things to leave. No, she had already packed. By the time I was leaving, there was happiness, there was joy, everything. Number two, God appeared to Abraham. God appeared to Abraham. God appeared to Abraham. Genesis chapter 18. It was during that visit that God told Abraham, tell Sarai, next year by this time, everything will be okay. Yeah. So sometimes during a visit, you can minister powerfully. Number three, God visited Isaac and gave him good advice. Hello? God visited Isaac and gave him good advice. Genesis chapter 26. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down. Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Are you seeing that? Yeah. So God gave him advice. So during visit, you give people good advice. Amen. Amen. Number four, God visited Jacob. Genesis 26, 16. Genesis 28, 16. 
and gave him many promises. Number five, God visited Moses. Exodus chapter three. Number six, Jesus visited Peter. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 14. And when he visited Peter, Peter's mother-in-law was unwell and Jesus ministered to her. So sometimes when you go to the house, you can minister to people. Pray for people. Do you get it? Eh? And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his mother's mother laid and sick of a fever. Hallelujah. So how many of you are going to visit your sheep? So that is V. Okay. C is what? Counseling. C is counseling. Come with me to Proverbs chapter 11. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. And the Bible says that with good advice, make war. Hallelujah. So, counseling a sheep advising eh? a shepherd advising your sheep is very important. Yeah. I remember one of my dear daughters, a married woman. She came to see me. You see, people who are you see, people who are, that's why you must have a pastor. He must be yielded. Yielded for advice, ready for advice. Are, such a person is a spiritual person, a good person. Yeah? But there are people who are stubborn. They don't want any advice. You know what happened to her? She was there when her old boyfriend, she, she's married though. Married, she has children, very happy with her husband staying in the house. And then this old foolish boyfriend Many years they have never seen each other. Suddenly, gets her normal and start testing her. And then she's now say, "Oh, can we meet?" 
Do you get it? Yeah. So, that, so the sister was telling me about it. And I said, look, this guy, I said, delete his dormant from your life. Block him, delete. Never talk to him again. Because by the time he finishes with you, he will have destroyed you. Your marriage will be destroyed. You, you'll find yourself in the street. And he said, yes, yes, Bishop. It's very important. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. So, canceling the ship, that is why at the end of the service, I spent a lot of time. People come. And the pastors also. Eh? Yes. It's very important. Intimate counseling. So, pastors, you must all do it. Do you do it on Sundays? I only see Reverend Sami and uh, Pastor Philip. We must all have tables down there. There must be tables or chairs. We don't have tables. And the people must sit. All right. And not only people won't come and see you, you can also select people to stay and see you. Very important. I get what I'm saying. Part of the beautiful job is to cancel people. Jesus, the Son of God, visited us and he canceled us to follow God. So that we can enter into the kingdom of God. To repent. He can say, He advised us, go away from sin. So you can enter into the kingdom of God. He gave good counsel. Hallelujah. And finally, I, which is interaction. 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 Hmm? a blessing. Now what is interaction? Interaction simply means that make yourself available to the sheep. Eh? Let them have access to you. Interact with them. Fellowship with them. Sometimes a little chat with the sheep. A little embrace. A little you know, uh, putting your hand around the shoulder of a sheep. It's all that is needed to solve a major problem in their life. A shepherd, listen to me, a shepherd must not be detached from the sheep. That is, a shepherd must not be far from the sheep. A good shepherd must smell of the scent on the ship. Because you are in the middle of them, interacting with them. Another aspect of interaction, write it down, is what is called deep sea fishing. Write it down. Deep sea fishing. Now, what is uh, deep sea fishing? Deep sea fishing is, listen to me, it's when you move as a pastor or shepherd uh, inside the church after church to meet people, especially people that you don't know, to talk to them, to find out how they are doing, to know their names, introduce yourself to them, let them introduce yourself to them, ask them how long they have been in the church, ask them whether they belong to any 
group, any fellowship, any ministry do you see in the church? I get what I'm saying. Yeah. That is called deep sea fishing. And it is something that I want uh, all of us, okay, starting from this Sunday, to do very, very, very well. That move, immediately we share the grace, move. Pastors must move. Shepherds must move. Potential shepherds must move. And any new phase that you don't know, just go to the person. Introduce yourself. Find out the person. Is that the first time a person is coming? You know, does he know any of the pastors? You understand it? You know, it's very important. People feel happy. Yeah, people feel happy. Sometimes I stand at the car park to talk to people. What's the name of my sister? Yes. What's the name? Enam. Do you remember the first time you came to church? Do you remember? Uh, come, come and tell us what happened. You are, become, you are becoming famous. You are going on t- TV. Ask you all those questions. Yeah. Did you know that I was a pastor for the church? You knew. How did you know? Yeah. Do you see? And I remember that that little interaction, did it help you? Speak through the mic. How did it help you? Do you get it? Yeah. And I remember that even that made me to later on when I saw her, I said, ah, you are the one that I spoke to the other time. It's very important. So we must do deep sea fishing. We must do what? Deep sea fishing. Deep sea fishing. Clap your hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. What a blessing. Is it a blessing? Speak in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Now, another component of the beautiful job is evangelism. Evangelism. Amen. It's evangelism. So I want to teach you how to do soul winning. How to do soul winning. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. It is not only pastors who must do evangelism. All of us. All of us. Members. Shepherds. Must all do evangelism. Paul told Timothy, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Do the work of an evangelist. So evangelism, soul winning, is not only the work of pastors. All of us. Can you stand to your feet, everybody? Stand to your feet, everybody. So God wants you to be a soul winner. God wants you to bring pure salvation to many people. Can I have an amen? amen. Eh? Alright. Now, for you to be a great soul winner, there are some things that you have to do. Number one, know that there are many reasons for soul winning. Know that there are many reasons for soul winning. One of the main reasons why you must be a soul winner, okay, one of the reasons why you must be a soul winner is that it is the most important thing Jesus left for the church to do. Hello, 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 please. I'm preaching. Everybody listen to me. Everybody listen to me, please. I'm saying that how to do so in number one, know that there are many reasons for so winning. And one of the main reasons why we must be so winners is because so winning is what Jesus left for the church to do. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. This is called the Great Commission and the Great Commission is that we must go out there and win so lift up your right and say, Lord, Lord I, am I am going out there to win the loss. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Number two, have the right spiritual attitude towards sinners. Have the right spiritual attitude towards sinners. 
What is the right spiritual attitude? Number one, love sinners. Don't love what they do, but love them. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Amen? Yeah. God so loved the world. The world full of sinners. Romans chapter 5 and verse uh, 5. From verse 5 going. Watch it. Romans 5. From verse 5 going. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Verse 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet the adventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But verse 8. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinless, Christ died for us. How many of you are happy about that? While we were yet sinners. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ is not for perfect people. It is for sinners to be saved. And we cannot witness to sinners if we don't love them. Jesus had great love for sinners. Great love. Great love. That's why he came. You must pray that God will give you love for sinners. That when you see a prostitute, when you see a drunkard, you not insult the person, but you love the person. And it's like, what can I do to help this person? Amen. Number two, have compassion for sinners. No. No. How to do so when number one, I said I know that there are many reasons and I give you one of the reasons. Number two, have the right spiritual attitude towards sinners. And under the right spiritual attitudes, I'm showing you attitude number one, love them. Number two, have compassion. Huh? Matthew, number, Matthew uh, chapter 9, verse 36. Are you there? But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, how many of you remember that this afternoon when I was teaching about how to study the word of God, I said that you must look, you must have a dictionary. Okay. To do what? To check the meanings of the words. Is that not so? Yeah. Amen. So compassion. What does it mean? Compassion. Listen. Compassion is a feeling of pity, sympathy, and understanding for someone who is suffering. Amen. Amen. It's a feeling of pity, sympathy, 
and understanding for someone who is suffering. Amen. Amen. Let's check another dictionary what it will say. Are you strong? Now listen. A feeling of deep sympathy. Watch this. Watch this. This one gives a slight but very important difference. A feeling of deep sympathy and a sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So what is compassion? It's when you have pity and sympathy. But not only pity and sympathy, but you want to do something to help the person. Now watch, you are a Christian. You are working at the office. You see this lady who is totally messing up her life. In fact, she has told you that she has had another abortion. And you know that last year, she had three. I got what I'm saying. Now watch. Compassion means something must rise in Lord. Please, this lady's life is being destroyed. I said, Lord, what can I do? What can I do? If you cannot witness to her, I wait for someone to witness to her. Pray for her. Do something about it. Let me tell you something. When you see a sinner here, because some of you, when you see sinners, you get angry. Do you understand? But don't get angry. Let, 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 let me show you something. When you see a sinner, you get angry. I will explain to you how you look. That's how you look. It's like you have gone on the street and you were walking. And a madman that everybody knows in the area is mad. In fact, even naked. Very filthy. Your person looks at you and insults you and says, foolish man. And then you also stand and you begin to exchange insult with the madman. Now, when people are passing, they see the two of you. They put you in the same category. Listen. When you see somebody who is lame walking like this, and you use that to insult the person, it shows, it shows who you are. I get what I'm saying. The point I'm trying to make is that a sinner does not even understand what they are doing. Yeah. And and the best way to understand is to look at yourself. How many of you are surprised that today you are actually at a camp in a Bible school? You, you, I'm talking about you. No, honestly, I'm asking, it's not everybody that must lift up your hand. But you are surprised that this is where God has actually brought that you today, you are, you are becoming a Christian, and not only a Christian, but to the extent that you actually love God and you are really wanting to do something for God. How many of you? 
telling you. Huh? Yeah. Wow. So compassion. Have compassion. Don't insult them. Okay? Don't insult them. Next one. Desire to see sinners saved. Desire to see sinners saved. Desire to see sinners saved. I am showing you how to become a soul winner. You see, these are the foundations. If you don't have this foundation, you don't love sinners, you don't have compassion for them, you don't desire you know, for sinners to be saved, you cannot be a soul winner. No. Soul winning will not be your cup of tea. But when you love sinners, when you have compassion and you desire to see sinners saved, Romans chapter 10 verse 1, thank you. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul said, this is my desire. You see, you must decide that your brothers and sisters in your home, your auntie, your parents, your children, your wife, your husband, they must also be saved though because I tell you, unless you don't believe it, you'll be in heaven and your, brother, your mother will be burning. Burning. Yeah. Burning. Burning. Yeah. And he didn't preach. You see, the rich man, he said, Please, I beg you. Please, I beg you. I beg you. Give me some water. So I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. For Abraham, I beg you. Just a drop. Just a drop. There's a place where people don't have a drop of water. Just a place. Just a drop. Just a drop. Not a bottle. Just a drop. Then Abraham said, no. Where you are and where we are, we, we can't come together. Then he remembered that he had brothers. He said, I have five brothers. Please, let me go and tell them that. This place, just give me five. I won't stay. I, I just go and come. Quickly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell them they should not come here. They should go to church. They should believe. When they hear Bishop Intefu preaching about the gospel, they should have said, when they see Basenta leaders, pastors, you see, at Akwele, Esamanshia, Domiabra, you know, of our court, preaching about Jesus, about they should believe it. That hell is real. They shouldn't come here. The Abraham, Abraham said, listen. He said, they have the prophets and the law. They have the pastors. They have the pastors. God is counting on us. Yes. Every, everybody here pray and desire that your family be saved. Yes. When uh, the Lord graciously saved me, the first, one of the first people that I witnessed to was my grandfather. He was such a sweet grandfather. He was a lay preacher in the Methodist church. But I knew that it was like a religious person. 
preached to him. Then I left to go and study outside the country. Then it occurred to me that my grandmother, sweet grandmother, best grandmother, too, I needed to witness to her. And the Lord opened the door for me after about four years or so. I came and I found her on her sick bed. And I witnessed to her. And I prayed for my brothers. Yeah, prayed for my brothers. You know, I tell you, every time, every time I, um, every time I went to my hometown, those days, I'll organize a service for all my family members. Yeah, I think even last year I did it. For all my family members, and I'll preach salvation, and I'll do altar call. Hey. Yeah. Have a desire to see sinners saved. How many of you can understand it? Next one. Have a burden to see sinners saved. Have a burden to see sinners saved. Romans chapter 9, I believe. Verse 1. Hmm? I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Who are Israelites to whom pertained the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promise. You are saying that they were the people that God revealed salvation and all these things to first. Huh? Those who are the fathers and of whom as concerned the flesh Christ came over all. God blessed forever. Amen. Verse 6. Not as though the word of God had taken that effect, for they are not all Israel's which are of Israel. Hmm? Do you understand it? But watch. Go back to the verse. It said, have continual sorrow. Eh? Go back. Go back. I say the truth. Verse 2. Verse 2. That I have great Heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Without a burden to see sinners saved, you will not be a soul, a soul winner. Yes, you will not. Look, soul winner, it has ceased in the church. When we stand before Jesus, hey, it will not be easy for us. Oh. Because you see, he shed his blood and saved us. And now he's counting on you to also bring pure salvation to others. And most of the church, most of the church are standing aloof. Are not bothered. Are not bothered. I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to pray. Tell the Lord, give me a desire and burden for souls. Lift up your hands and pray right now. Say, Lord, give me a burden and a desire for souls. Lift up your hands and pray right now. Pray right now. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord.
a burden and desire for souls. Yes, Lord. Lord, give us a burden. Yes, Lord. Burden for souls. Burden for souls. Burden for souls. Burden for souls. A strong desire for souls. A strong desire for souls. We pray for a burden. A burden. A burden. A burden. Lord, give us 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 a burden. A burden for the lost. A burden for souls. A burden for souls. A burden for souls. A burden for souls. A burden for souls, Lord. A burden for souls. Give us a burden, Lord. Give us a burden, Lord. Give us a burden, Lord. Oh, Lord. We pray for a burden. 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 A burden for souls. 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 Give us a burden, Lord. Give us a burden, Lord. Give us a burden, Lord. Lift up your voice and pray. And say, Lord, give me a burden. Give me a burden for souls. Give me a burden. For souls, give me a burden for souls. Lama, mama, 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Father, give us a burden and a desire for souls in the name of Jesus. Next one, seek for sinners. All this is under have the right spiritual attitude. Okay, seek for sinners. Seek for sinners. Seek for sinners. Please be seated. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. Seek for sinners. Please, can, can, can you come to the front? Okay. I can see some people at the back. Move, move. Occupy the Francis. Seek for sinners. Amen. Wow. Do you know what? Let me tell you something. Not even one of you will remain the same after this camp. Even if you want to remain the same, you won't. Because God has arrested you. Yeah. You, 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 you don't know it, but the power of God is changing you. Yeah. 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 You are going to be the most important person in your family. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Your, li- your life is going to be different. Your life is going to be glorious. People are going to f- ask how. Because you chose God to love God, to serve Him. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Yeah. Seek for sinners. What does He mean? Search for sinners. Look at Jesus, what He said. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. What does it mean to seek? It means to search. And seeking is deeper than searching. Amen. I was playing 
seeking for you with what Jesus said in Luke chapter 15 from verse 1. Look at it. I was playing, you understand it. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if you lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he findeth it? And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented. More than over ninety and nine just, just persons which need no repentance. Now watch from verse 8. Watch. There's it. Seeking. Watch. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver coins if you lose the one doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently go back till she finds it. Watch. A woman has lost her coin. And the Bible says that she will light a candle and sweep everywhere. How many of you has happened to you? Your last five Ghana. No, no. You, you know that you have it. But you don't know where you put it. How many of you ransacked your room? Did you ransack your room? Eh? Yeah. You were cursing everybody who has come to your room. Anybody who has come here. The five Ghana cities. You were, you were searching. Seeking for it. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, in all the zones where we are, we must seek for sinners regularly. Yes. In your home, seek for sinners. Who is here who is not saved? At your workplace, seek for sinners. Who is here who is not saved? Who is not saved? Let me witness to the person about Jesus. We must seek for sinners. We must seek for sinners. Jesus came to seek and to save sinners. Amen? Wow. How many of you are here? Are you enjoying the weather? Yes. Amen? Yes. Huh? Hello? Yes. You know, and uh, tomorrow, before we leave, I'll share with you how your life is going to be as a soul winner. special life. God is going to make you like a king. Like a king. Yeah? Wow. Hello? Are you here? Seek for sinners. So what are the spiritual attitudes that you must, like? you must have for sinners? You must love them. You must have compassion for them. Is that not so? 
you must desire that sinners will be saved. You must have a burden for sinners. You must seek for sinners. And next one, you must be ready to sacrifice to see sinners saved. You must be ready to sacrifice. Yes. You see, some of you, you didn't go to work. You are here. You have sacrificed the work. Maybe you have sacrificed your bonus or something. Yeah. Without that, without that, you cannot bear fruit. Sacrifice. Christianity, the symbol of Christianity is a cross. How many of you know that? The symbol of Christianity is a cross. And the cross does not... When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, hey, a nice place. Oh, I'm enjoying. No. He was suffering. He was suffering. He was dying. It was painful. Yes. Eh? Sacrifice. Pain. You have to forego some things. You cannot have all your time for yourself. You cannot have all your energy for yourself. You cannot have all your money for yourself. You cannot have, you cannot try to do everything, finish everything that you are doing and then when you finish, then you do something also for God. To sacrifice. To sacrifice. Yes. To sacrifice. I know that all those of you here, God has a special blessing for you. Yes. Yes. Okay. If you don't sacrifice, you will not bear fruit. John chapter 12 and verse 24. John chapter 12 and verse 24. Very, very I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. You must Barefoot. <laughs> Hallelujah. You must sacrifice. It must cost you something. You must suffer. You must lose. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 and 25. Matthew chapter 16, 24, 25. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, how many of you want to come after Jesus? You want to go after Jesus. Look at the condition. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Eh? And follow me. Let him deny. Let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Hello? You want to follow Jesus? Take up your cross. Watch, he said, take up take up his cross. Listen. Jesus took up his cross. Now it's your cross. You have to take it and carry it. Yes. And suffer. Eh? How many of you are suffering at the camp? Are you suffering or you are blessed? Both. Because, oh no. That's suffering because you are feeling sleepy but you can't sleep. You 
you are feeling tired, but there's nowhere to go. You see, this afternoon, at a point I couldn't stand my back when I was preaching. My back. But you don't know. I've been standing for yesterday when I went to the cathedral. We're inspecting the project, going around, you know. We walked for about three hours. Walking up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then after that, I went for visitations. I went for visitations. For another about three hours. Visiting people at Amamfrom. And I was walking. By the time I get home, my back. Yeah. Pain. Struggle. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Sacrifice your young life for the Lord. To serve him. Amen. How many of you are going to do that? Next year, I'm going to bring many of you to this Bible school. Those of you who want to serve God, want to become pastors and missionaries, you'll be here four years to be trained. Wow. Eh? You must lose something. Look at verse 25. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. For whosoever who save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Now watch, never forget this. In Christ, if you try to keep, you lose it. If you rather lose it, you find it. At the end of the month, you're tight. 50 Ghana cities, 100 Ghana cities, 200 Ghana cities, 1,000. When you look at it, let me add it to my money. Because my money is small. Rather, you lose. And when you faithfully give it to God, you'll find it. I lost my hospital. Yeah. I lost it. The Lord said, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. The time has come. I need you 24 hours a day. Full time. Yeah. But this year is 13 years. 13 years down the line. I can say I have found it in Christ. Oh, I found it. I found it. Look at me being a pastor of wonderful people like you. If I were a lay pastor, I wouldn't have the opportunity. The bishop would not be able to send me that far. So I won't have seen all of you. 
many of you will have died and gone to hell. How many of you are happy that you are saved? How many of you are enjoying the church? Are you enjoying the church? Hmm? Amen? Wonderful people. I'm so blessed to be your pastor. You're all so wonderful. Nice people, lad. And you see, you wait and see. When we finish the church, and we start the weddings. Start the weddings. I'll be coming. I'll be marrying all of you one after the other. Amen? Many of the brothers here are going to choose their sisters here. Is it a good policy? Is it a good policy? Is it a good policy? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Lose your life in Christ and find it. Keep your life and lose it. Yeah. When you keep your life, you lose it. But when you lose it in Christ, you find it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are we here? Are we here? Powerful. Now, I want to teach you how to do person to person evangelism or soul to soul evangelism or one on one evangelism. How many of you realize that you find that very difficult? But it's going to be easy. How to do one on one evangelism or person to person evangelism. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Number one. Pray before you go out. Pray before you go out. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give you power. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. Pray that the Holy Spirit will give you power. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the hand of the Holy Child Jesus. Alright? And when they had prayed, hello, 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 hello. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they speak the word of God of boldness. So pray. Listen. If you don't pray and you go out witnessing, it will not work. It won't work. It will be full of arguments you meet people, they will sack you. 
They will ask you a lot of questions. They will not listen to you. Yeah, you must pray. Next one. Pray for the leading of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit to sinners. Pray for the leading of the Holy Spirit to sinners. Acts chapter 16, 6 to 10. Acts chapter 16, 6 to 10. You see, watch this. Watch this. If you have done person to person before, it's something that you do. You realize that when you are going among the, you are going to the community, it's almost like there's a magnet that draws you. You see some people, you don't feel like going to them. You see some people, you feel like going to them. How many of you have experienced that? Yeah. You see, the Holy Spirit is guiding you. It's leading you. It's leading you. It's leading you. Number three, pray for boldness. Boldness. You are not afraid of anybody. Young, old, poor, rich. The boldness of the Spirit is upon you. You can witness to them. Amen. Eh? Yeah. Hallelujah. Next one. Pray that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to the hearts of the sinners. Pray that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to the hearts of sinners. In other words, when you are preaching to them, they should be convicted. They should accept what you are saying. John chapter 16 verse 8. John chapter 16 verse 8. Hmm? John chapter 16 verse 8. And when he is come, the Holy Spirit, he will prove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, actually go about. Actually go about. After you have prayed, do what? Go about. What does it mean? Move from your house and go to the community. Many people do evangelism of their mouth. I will go. The Bible says Jesus went about. Do you remember the scripture that I showed you? Uh, Matthew chapter 4 verse 23. Matthew chapter 9 verse 35. Yes. So actually go about. Walk about. Move from place to place. From this place, you go here. From here, 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 you go here. Actually go about. And seek for sinners. And talk to them about Jesus Christ. Amen. Next one. Possible places to find sinners. Possible places to find sinners. I'm teaching you how to do person to person evangelism. Do you understand it? Eh? Possible places to find sinners. Where? Your house. Your house. 
rich people in your house, your siblings. If you are living in a compound house, the tenants. Do you understand it? Next one. Your community. Hmm. Your community, your immediate community. There are a lot of sinners there. How many of you know that there are a lot of sinners in your immediate community? Yeah? You see, the reason why I'm showing where you can find sinners is some people say that they can't find sinners. So I'm showing where to find a sinners. Next one, your office. Your office. The streets, highways, byways, street corners, drinking Sports, chop bars, kiosks. Buses, trotters, schoolmates. I get what I'm saying. All these are different places where you can find sinners. Amen. Now, listen, I'm teaching you, I listen to me, I'm teaching you, all right, listen, I'm teaching you how to do so winning. I said number one, do what? Have the know that there are many reasons why we must what? For so winning. Number two is what? The right attitude that you must you must have. Is that not so? Number three is what? Number three is what? Eh? Now I'm teaching you how to do how to do one-on-one evangelism. The first step is what? What is the first step? Pray before you go out. The second step is what? Sorry? (laughs) The second step is actually go out. Okay. The third step is what? Possible places to find sinners. Then number four. Dress appropriately. Dress appropriately. Dress appropriately when you are going to do evangelism. Dress appropriately when you are going to do evangelism. You know, people accept you. Listen to me. People accept you the way you present yourself. If you present yourself like a raffian, they will accept you like a raffian. 
if you present yourself like a, as a, you are a lady who looks like a prostitute, your skirt is very short, your uh, breasts are showing, you know, that, that's the way they, they would accept you. I get what I'm saying. So ladies, long skirts, your hair is well done, not too much eye uh, shadow, not too much uh, how do you call it? Uh, eye lips. Uh, what? Uh, lipsticks. Lipsticks. Do you understand it? All that is very important. Don't shake your bottles too much. Hello? You don't have to be smelling. Do you understand? It? Brothers, dress neatly. Don't give out body order. Present yourself well. Amen. It's very important. Good. Now, I want to move on and talk about Know what to do when you meet a sinner. Know what to do when you meet a sinner or you find a sinner. Amen? Now, we are just about to close for today. Now listen. Now listen. So remember that you have prayed, you have dressed nicely, you have gone to the street, you are doing person to person evangelism, you have made a sinner. What should you do? Number one, approach boldly and cheerfully. Approach boldly and cheerfully to the person. Every time, listen, every time you meet a stranger and you are going towards the person with a cheerful face, the person will receive you. If you go with a bonyo face, they don't know whether you are an arm robber, you are going to attack them or something. So approach, approach, hello, boldly and cheerfully. Amen. Number two, tell them about your mission. Tell them about your mission. Tell them about your mission. Alright, tell them. Okay, that this evening we are I'm just in the area. Alright. I feel that the Lord wants me to bring the love of Christ to the people in the community to pray for people, encourage people. I saw you and uh, that is why I've come to pray with you. I believe that I hope that everything is okay with you. You know, then you minister to the person. 
Number three, begin to witness to the person. Begin to witness to the person. Who is a witness? A witness tells what he or she has seen. What has Christ done for you? How many of you believe that Christ has done great things for you? Tell them about how your life used to be and by the grace of God when you met Christ, how you are blessed. How many of you, how many of you are blessed eh, about what the Lord has been doing in your life? So tell them about it and how you think that if they also come and serve the Lord, all will be well. They'll be blessed. I get what I'm saying. Eh? And encourage them. Hallelujah. Wow. Okay. Now, there are five basic scriptures that you must know. Write them down. That you must use during evangelism. John 3.16 John 3.16 Romans 3.23 Romans 3.10 Romans 6.23 Hebrews 9.27 John 3.16 Romans 3.23 Romans 3.10 Romans 6.23 Hebrews 9.27 Hebrews 9.27 Hallelujah. Put the scriptures one by one. John 3.16 Reverend Sammy, read it. John 3.16. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. Romans Read it, read it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Next scripture, put it there. Romans 3.10. Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Then finally, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So these are must know scriptures. Please try and memorize all of them. Okay. Next point. Sorry. Next point. Next point. Encourage the sinner. Encourage the sinner to accept Christ. 
encourage the sinner to accept Christ. Amen. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mark confession is made unto salvation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright. Next one. Pray powerfully for the new convert before you leave. Pray powerfully for the new convert before you leave. Next one. Take a detailed information on your convert to enable you follow them up later on. Take how many of you are learning how to do one-on-one evangelism? Take a detailed information on the person to enable you do follow up later on. What information must you take? Take their full name including any popular name they have. Write it down. Take their full name, including any popular name they have. What do I mean by that? Sometimes when somebody says it's called John Aite in the area, they call the person Zombie Boy. Or Atao. When you get to the area, you say Atao. Everybody knows. But when you say John Aite, they are confused. Number two. Take the location of their house. The actual location of their house. Let them give you a good direction to the house. If possible, go with them to their house. If possible, go with them immediately to their house to locate the house. Another information you should take is their personal contact. Their personal contact. Make sure that what they are giving to you is their own number, not the number of their friend or their mother or something. But if they are giving you the number of somebody, they should indicate it. So, Name, house, location, contact. Amen? These are very important. And the final one is that invite them to attend your Basenta meeting. Invite them to attend your Basenta meeting 
and to come to church with you on Sunday. Hallelujah. How many of you are blessed? How many of you can do one-on-one evangelism? Hallelujah. Why don't you give the Lord a wonderful clap offering? 